0: Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, smart enters the midsize sedan market. The Polestar 4 now available, and the Jeep Wagoneer SEV. We get a first look, plus stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Nissan is saying about their plan to use cheaper batteries for more affordable EVs. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through hundreds of articles, feeds, and stories a day, so you don't have to. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and add-free. Be like them by clicking a link in the show notes. Well, let's talk about Ford announcing the launch of a new plug-in hybrid. This time, it's their third-gen Transit Connect. The Transit Connect, it's got the transit name, but it's not a big panel van. This is the smaller, compact panel van and expands their electrified van lineup here in Europe. Built on Volkswagen's platform, actually. The Transit Connect plug-in hybrid is on their MQB platform, which they get from Volkswagen. It's basically a technical counterpart to the vW caddy it's not a badge engineered thing it is it it is a Ford it features a hybrid powertrain with a one point five liter petrol but the electric stuff has a really decent range to it that's one hundred and ten kilometers that's over sixty miles eleven kilowatt AC charging fifty kilowatt DC fast charging but it's that electric range of over sixty miles of one hundred and ten kilometers even if that's not real world even if you've got to account for Winter temperatures and things like that. It does mean that so many journeys will be done on electric power alone. It'll enter the market by mid-year, and the Transit Connect plug-in hybrid uh, joins Ford's other EV offerings like the E Transit, the E Transit Custom, and the forthcoming E Transit Courier. Which I think the Courier is the smaller one, isn't it? In Ford world, uh, power is through a six-speed automatic transmission, dual-clutch technology. So. Whether you like plug-in hybrids or not, there's going to be a use case for this where it's, I think, very useful to have all of that EV power, but ultimately a backup that if you have to go and do at the last minute a 300-mile round trip to get some supplies in your van, you can rely on the petrol engine, but... I think for many people, this will be a work van. This could be this could be tradespeople. This could be deliveries. You'd probably use a bigger panel van for Amazon deliveries and stuff like that. But either way, if you're an electrician, if you're a plumber, and you're heading out to do a job reasonably locally to your area, you'll probably nearly always be on electric power. So that's a good thing. Now, smart is a name that Still, I think many people associate with little smart cars, the Smart Four Two and the Smart Four Four, And that's understandable because that's what Smart have done until now. But Smart is not that anymore. Smart are going to be doing very different cars. And they're entering the midsize sedan market with the Smart Hashtag 6. I think I meant to say Hashtag 6. It's a terrible name. Ter- uh, whoever came up with that, that's the marketing department. <laughs> Hang your heads either way. Whether we call it the Smart 6 or the Hashtag 6, anyway... Um, This is going to be, like I say, maybe a compact sedan or a midsize sedan, depending on how you define different vehicles. Single motor, dual motor, and LFP cells in this with up to 600 kilometers of range. There'll be a high-performance Brabus version, of course, as well in the works. And the upcoming additions to Smart's EV range includes the number two as the successor to the four two, the number four which will be out uh, I think the year after as well. There's a five which is the minivan also out in 2025, which would fill a gap somewhere around the Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Now Smart has also got their own ultra-fast charging network in China at least, maybe it'll be expanded elsewhere, capable of delivering 480 kilowatts of power. That's on their 800-volt platform. But that's incredible. All future smarts, not actually all of them, many of the future smart cars will be 800 volts. Uh, The Smart 1 and the Smart 3 have the SEA platform, uh, which is 400 volts, and the Smart 5, which uh, is the next one out, I think, is going to have the 800-volt system. So there's loads of models coming from Smart, and they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. They're no longer the small little compact thing that you might be thinking, which I think would be a fair thing to think. That's what Smart always was. Now, a new study... Has been done, which debunks any kind of concerns that using your EV battery to power your home or the grid, we'll call it V2X because V2G, vehicle to grid, V2H, vehicle to home, which is a different beast and much simpler, V2L, vehicle to load. All those things will wrap under Vita X, so vehicle to everything. German researchers developed a method to assess EV battery degradation across different charging strategies like vehicle to home and vehicle to grid. Their research involves aging experiments under conditions which mimicked real-world driving and then real-world vehicle to x vehicle to anything and a journal called e-transportation has now published their findings which indicate the difference in battery state of health after almost two years of vehicle to x was a three percent difference negligible and the study suggests that when properly managed there's no significant additional battery wear and tear compared to standard charging methods it might even lower the capacity loss versus traditional So-called uncontrolled charging, which is plug your car in, maximum charge rate, full blast, charge it to 100%, actually integrating vehicles into the grid, being smart, charging them, maybe a little bit slower, but when the grid is greener, can all be a benefit to the electric vehicle. The research supports the viability of V2X technologies as options for EV owners, dispelling fears of accelerated battery deg. It was never a thing that I particularly worried about, but I've seen those headlines, which is, oh, it's going to kill your car, going to kill your battery. And none of that is true. Now, the Polestar 4 uh, launched today, now available for purchase in Europe and Australia. Initial price of £60,000 in the UK. It's an expensive vehicle. And the thing that has really captured everyone's attention is because there's no rear window. And I saw lots of headlines and lots of YouTube videos, and they all focus on that, which is understandable because there's no rear window. They talk about it being the first vehicle on sale with no rear window, which isn't true because they're obviously supercars and hypercars. Even the Chinese Hi-Fi Z, which took talked about yesterday, uh, that has no rear window. That has a high-definition uh, camera, and then you use the central mirror, which you would always you know, use to look through the back window. So the Polestar has that, and it has obviously captured people's you know, a- attention. Uh, production kicks off with initial deliveries in China happening already uh, the last couple of weeks. The vehicle is a production start mid-2024 for an August delivery here in Europe. The design incorporates elements from the precept concept, which we which we saw that rear window is lacking. The dual-blade front lights, which are distinctive to the front of the pole, stars built on Geely's SEA architecture. It's a long vehicle. It's 4.8 meters wide, uh, long, 2.13 meters wide, and a three-meter wheelbase as well. So a big big vehicle. Bearing in mind uh, the Hyundai Arnic 5 has a 3-meter wheelbase, and that thing feels cavernous inside as well. The high-definition screen replaces the rear-view mirror, offering a real-time feed from a, a high-definition roof-mounted rear camera, which offers a more expansive field of view. I'm sure you'll get used to this in terms of your muscle memory, a bit like you get used to having the cameras for wing mirrors, which I'm not a huge fan of, to be honest with you. Uh, the the Honda e-did it pretty well. The Audi okay, but but, um i think you'll get used to this it's um a much more you know normal experience for you to look up and Look at the back of the vehicle, even though it's going to be a camera now. Naught to 62 miles an hour, 3.8 seconds, uh, 544 horsepower, really high performance, dual motor, all the Polestar goodness. Right, let's move on. And Toyota had modest EV sales in 2023 despite promoting the BZ4X. Toyota sold 11.2 million vehicles last year, but battery electric vehicles were still 0.926% of their total business. It's a rounding error at Toyota, and they've been pushing the BZ4X, and yet, uh, despite the global push towards EVs, uh, less than 1% of their total vehicle deliveries, the chairman at Toyota, Akio Toyota, predicts that BEVs will only ever be 30% in the future and is still cautious on electric vehicles. And that's fine, I respect that, but... um. In contrast, if you look at Volkswagen Group, which is always up there with Toyota for being the world's biggest car maker, uh, they sold 9.2 million vehicles last year, and their EV sales were 8.3 percent of their entire business. And so, I, I'm hard on Toyota, but it's for a good reason, and that they they just don't make EVs, and we need Toyota to make great. EVs. They can do if they wanted to. They don't want to. Um, and so we'll wait and see what uh, what happens there. I suppose, you know, with, with China going EV uh, probably a rate five to eight years quicker than their original time scale with Europe going all EV, uh, the US will be slightly behind. Um, the markets that want to buy combustion cars from Toyota will be continually shrinking. And so they will go EV. um, And they've got to make some good ones now. Stick around, because we'll be back soon with news of Nissan's move to affordable batteries and the BMW i5 range gets bigger. Stick around. Back in a second. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, If you don't mind the ads, that's great. Listen to the free version on the usual podcast feed. If you'd like to strip out the ads or just support my work, this is all I do now that I've given up my motorsport stuff in the last couple of weeks i've spent some time up at silverstone uh, recently just finishing off those podcasts that i that i was that i was doing for uh, my motorsport stuff talking touring cars actually not that's interest to very few people on this podcast but um that will then wrap me up so then i'm just ev news daily we'll give this a go for a year or two and see if it can if it can pay the bills it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't at the moment uh i mean we can survive obviously but um We'll see if we can build this up, and then if not, I'll go back and get a job somewhere else. But hopefully then uh, the Patreon is a huge part of that. It's at patreon.com slash daily. if you'd like your ad-free version. Now, let's talk about... Uh, dispelling more myths around electric vehicles. They operate at double the efficiency of combustion vehicles, according to a new study, requiring half the energy for the same distance in a worst-case scenario. Gasoline vehicles, as you know, are enormously inefficient. They lose over 80% of the fuel's energy through heat, and that is an enormously inefficient way of going about our business. EVs have minimal energy loss it can be, again, worst case scenario, 10 to 11%. Many EVs are, are far more efficient, but say it's 10 to 11%. Uh, the most energy used in an EV is kinetic energy. It moves you forwards, thanks to the absence of combusting fuel and also regen braking and stuff like that. Even when powered by coal in the electricity mix, EVs are more efficient. Than gasoline cars. We know this has been proven time and time again. And a new study has looked at the latest numbers. And I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to find out more about this. And once again, it proves the case. Renewable sources like wind, solar, and hydropower, we know that in enhances EV efficiency by eliminating the need for the energy to be made with any kind of uh, kind of uh, combustion, uh, and that reduces the energy needs by 77% compared to fossil fuel driving. This combination of efficient electricity generation from renewables and the inherent inefficiency of combustion, which I know that some of the car makers which are slow walking the way to EVs, like Toyota, which we mentioned a moment ago, say, well, we believe we can get some more Mileage out of making combustion more efficient, but yeah, but you just after a hundred years, you're really in real marginal gains now. And even synthetic fuels and e-fuels, which are being pushed by some lobbies, are still combustion, and they're actually some of them are really, really bad in terms of what they they give off. But either way, some of them you know to be made require a huge amount of energy, which you might as well just use. In an EV. Anyway, the combination of all those things combined, once again, in the latest energy mix, shows that even if you are running your EV on a cold-powered plant, because they're more efficient than just running a, a car's combustion engine, a grid-scale generation, uh, they, they are more efficient, then even that's okay. But you add a little bit of renewables into the mix depending on where you live and there's you know there's good and bad we have very windy days in the winter where a lot of our energy mix is now wind um we've had some sunny days where i've been charging entirely on solar which is probably a bit concerning in january um, but um uh, there, you know there's some states in the u.s poland here in you know uh, in europe which is which is still pretty dirty on the, the grid but it's, it's changing very quickly now nissan's move to lfp batteries to cells, I should say. Uh, Lithium-iron-phosphate is the chemistry to reduce the cost of EVs, aiming for a price reduction of up to 30% compared to what Nissan uses right now, which is nickel-cobalt-manganese batteries. They're targeting emerging markets, they say, with this technology in 2026. LFP batteries are cheaper uh, than NCM batteries, and many of the car companies in China and many of the other car companies realized this yeah, five years ago and had supply chains in place. But Nissan saying, right, we've got to go LFP to get cheaper batteries. You think, Nissan? The strategic, shif- strategic shift, which is easy for me to say, uh, comes as BYD, uh, which is a company that has uh, got a big, big lead in batteries over many others. BYD surpassed Tesla in the cu- fourth quarter of last year with e- pure EV sales and have a big investment in lithium-ion phosphate battery Uh, technology through their their so-called blade batteries. Now, staying with China, they're set to maintain their position as the largest market for EVs with significant contributions to the global battery supply chain. Uh, The China EV100 predictions, uh, which have a look at the global EV sales. Uh, They predict that uh, global EV sales will be 20 million EVs this year in 2024, and China will be 60%. Now, China and Europe used to sort of go head to head, toe to toe. Europe was bigger some years, but China has definitely taken the lead now. And as of September last year... Global NEV sales were 9.75 million units for the year. China was 60% of that figure. So they're still adding the latest global data to it, which is why we can't re- report sometimes instantly. Uh, but China is not slowing down. In fact, China is speeding up its move to to pure EVs. Let's talk BMW. The i5 uh, now gets a new model. The 2025 model year i5 in the US uh, is adding the X Drive 40. That's an all wheel drive trim, dual electric motors, almost 400 horsepower. Uh, production starts in March on that. Uh, the X-Drive 40 i5 is $71,000. 84 kilowatt hour battery pack in there. Now, in North Carolina, Duke Energy are introducing a charging solution for North Carolina, offering rental chargers for EVs to businesses and to apartment complexes and even homeowners as well. The program provides an affordable alternative to purchasing an EV charger, enabling customers to lease them instead, starting at $14 a month. Now, Goodwill of North Georgia has initiated a new Clean Team Academy in collaboration with uh, Accenture, focusing on EV worker de- workforce development. The pilot phase runs with 30 participants, and they aim to prepare 200 individuals for roles in the EV industry in EV maintenance and charging station maintenance as well in Georgia, which is going to be a huge industry going forward and if i was if i was graduating now and i was looking at for a a career you know high voltage dc ac cars infrastructure charging maintenance anything like that it's going to be not only lucrative but certainly uh a a job that is much, much needed. Now, Tesla is expanding its battery production in Nevada. Tesla is set to enhance their battery capacity in Nevada with a new plant utilizing equipment from the world's biggest EV battery maker, CATL, and a big supplier to Tesla of battery cells as well. The facility in Sparks, Nevada, near the existing Gigafactory, but not part of Giga Nevada, will be operated alongside their partner Panasonic using CATL equipment to provide batteries for megapacks and stationary storage. And finally, we get a a little look at the Jeep Wagoneer S, Jeep's first electric model in the U.S., Set for a full release this autumn, new images reveal the sleek interior and exterior. Very luxurious as well. If you saw the concept from 2022, very similar. Squinty headlights with daytime running lights extending into the uh, seven slots grill. Very much a Jeep design. The exterior updates with a five-spoke wheel design and Wagoneer badges make the exterior look very premium as well. Big gauge cluster with a big full map mode in front of the driver, big central touchscreen for nav, and even a passenger touchscreen that will play videos to keep you entertained in the passenger seat to watch your Netflix and YouTube it uses the Stellantis STLA large platform 600 horsepower all wheel drive 0 to 63.5 seconds pricing and driving details later in the year and that's your podcast for today thanks for listening thanks to our premium partners Porsche of the village and Cincinnati Audi of Cincinnati East Volvo cars of Cincinnati East national car charging on the US mainland and Aloha charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley and Nevo.ie holding Ireland's first ever electric vehicle show in partnership with the Bank of Ireland on Feb 17th in Dublin. You're going to go? It's going to be great. Visit Nevo.ie for more info and free tickets. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map. And Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one to tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self charging hybrid.